Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're watching the news here in 2022, it is very hard not to feel like absolutely everything has hit rock bottom. However, as they say, you can be the change. The one thing you can change is yourself. And that is why by heading to British-Boxers.com, you can buy an array of excellently comfy underwear, casual wear and PJs to make sure your derriere is very unrock like in any way. I mean, you know, unless you want it to be through like years and years of hench squats and stuff like that. And then in which case, you can at least put your slab butt in nice pants because... Hey, it probably needs a rest with your hectic workout schedule and watching the news at the same time. British boxers are ethical pioneers of affordable luxury and also will not remotely judge or indeed ask for the granite quality of your rear when you order. Even better, if when you're at checkout you use the code PARPOLBRO, then you'll get a sweet 15% off whatever you buy. British-boxers.com because you may as well sit comfortably on your rubble bubble while watching absolutely everything else collapse. Hello and welcome to the Partly Political Broadcast, the comedy politics podcast that is always pro-choice, except of course when it comes to which comedy politics podcast you should listen to. I'm Tin and Yeben this week as the US Supreme Court overturns the Roe versus Wade decision, meaning at least half of all women across America are now denied the right to an abortion. It really doesn't help pro-lifers' arguments that fetuses are human when there are Supreme Court justices in their 70s who still haven't developed enough to be considered anything close. Many question the strength of people power, and yet even the Conservatives last week had to accept that the combined might of those wanting change could indeed cause it. Not the changes that the rail workers on the picket lines may have wanted, but instead changes somehow to the fabric of reality. Yes, according to the Prime Minister in a dead leg, but as a whole person, Boris Johnson, workers very simply asking if they could have enough of a pay rise to survive the cost of living crisis could lead to the high inflation we've already got while absolutely no one's had a pay rise. Sure, inflation is at 9%, a 40-year high, but that is simply, and this must be the only explanation, the fault of you, public, yes, you, wishing you could afford to pay your energy bills with the money you earn by doing your job. And those thoughts, those silly, negative thoughts, are causing ripples in reality that are usually controlled, I guess, by CEOs who are paid endless billions in order to keep things exactly as they are. I mean, you might think they're doing nothing farting away on golf courses or funding hate campaigns, but actually, they're like human paperweight 
heavyweights for the essence of our existence, and that's that's pretty tough work. It's all well and good, RMT General Secretary and what if Professor X schooled everyone, Mick Lynch, saying we refuse to be poor anymore, but he'll be sorry when the inflation we've already got only happened in the future past because people were already poor and then wished they weren't and it somehow affected the entire space-time continuum. It's a bit like how the war in Ukraine is responsible for the worker shortages, food shortages and fuel price increases that all happened in Britain way before the war in Ukraine even started. Yes, it is very complicated and yes, you, you there, the public, couldn't possibly begin to understand just how powerful you are or how these things work and if you were responsible types, you'd all just back down and die of hunger quietly. Think of it a bit like the butterfly effect, you know, where if a butterfly on the other side of the planet flaps its wings... Boris Johnson will insist that that flying insect is the very reason he's so shit at everything and the country is falling apart. And then all the papers will put up front pages with war on butterflies and before you know it, it'll turn out that butterfly has long since died but somehow has still directly taken the food off your plate, caused a pandemic and is sponsored by the Labour Party who will of course deny this and condemn any of its MPs who appear anywhere near a butterfly or butter or flies or anything with a repeating pattern. Railway workers took three days of action last week protesting on picket lines against the three years of no pay rises and in real terms pay cuts, extended hours of work and now fire and rehire solutions posed by the rail bosses who've somehow got their jobs at the top despite having no clue how to send the right signals to anyone. The Transport Secretary Grant Shapps, a man so inherently unlikable that as a child his imaginary friends found excuses to avoid him, he insisted that the government have no role in handling the dispute, as though the only reason he has his specific job is because of how often the rest of the cabinet throw him under the bus. Shapps refused to sit round the negotiating table, instead complaining that RMT union leaders walked out of talks that didn't happen, and if they had, Shapps wouldn't have attended them himself anyway, so I've no idea how he'd have known if they did. I wonder if Grant Shapps' many aliases are indeed his different personalities, and he just wakes up in strange locations, not entirely sure if Michael Green or Corrine Stockheath attended these talks instead of him, or if they even happened. He's responsible for 15 train operators who contract mean they can't negotiate workers' pay without the Department of Transport's approval. But is he actually responsible for them? Did he get the job or did Sebastian Fox get the job and Shaps here is just trying to sweat it out until things make sense again or one of the more sensible minds inside him takes over, if such a thing exists. The Transport Secretary doesn't think railway workers have inadequate pay as the median salary for train drivers is £59,000 a year compared with £31,000 a year for a nurse. But as train drivers weren't on strike last week, they're represented by a different union, all the other railway staff who were are underpaid and therefore all that means his figures show is that nurses also don't get paid enough. With potential NHS strikes being planned, where will government ministers resort to to prove that actually they get decent pay too? Well, I think you'll find the median pay of nurses is £31,000 compared to a child who works for four hours on a Saturday afternoon at game. Well, actually, the median pay of a child who does part-time in retail is considerably more than a voluntary worker, so really, they do pretty well and shouldn't complain. Voluntary workers get to take home free tea and coffee, so they are far better off than people who've died. And dead people don't pay bills, so actually, it all ends up balancing out, and I don't know why you're complaining. The government say fewer people are using the railways since the pandemic, so changes like redundancies need to be made. But they also got really upset that the strikes meant people couldn't travel anywhere, even though they apparently aren't anyway. Rather than just allow trade operators to pay their staff properly, Shapps touted the idea that agency workers could stand in when staff were on strike, thus allowing the trains to run properly, if you think properly as having someone in the signal box who got temp of the week and landed this role as they had a brio set when they were seven. 
Criminal barristers in England and Wales are on strike this week, so what's the government's plan there? To hire in agency workers that have watched a lot of Judge Judy so they can step in at a moment's notice? Then again, the entire cabinet is full of people who have zero comprehension of the areas they are in charge of, so why not assume that can work for everyone else too? The season's fashion trend, you should be glad to hear, is high-vis jackets on the picket line. That's right, it's hot union member summer and anyone can join in and hopefully will. And there's a lot of public support for it too, with exceptions only being the people who also want better conditions and pay rises but can't really be asked to put the work in, so they slag off anyone who does. And hey, I understand that. It's the same way I get really angry about people who are super healthy. British Airways staff have announced several days of action in August. Teachers and NHS are also discussing strikes as they should be. And Conservative MPs are mainly complaining about all the disruption it will cause to other people who can't then get to their underpaid jobs that they're being exploited at. Here's an idea though, if everyone goes on strike at the same time and brings this entire country to a standstill, absolutely no one will be inconvenienced by anyone else being on strike, will they? So maybe that's an idea. The government line is that this industrial action is all Labour's fault somehow, which only makes sense if the Conservatives are angry at having been elected at all and wish someone more likely to hand out decent wages was in charge and maybe they could have stopped this from happening. The current Labour Party aren't really likely to hand out decent wages either though as they ban their front bench from attending any strike action and shadow Foreign Secretary David Lammy, the early stages image of how to draw a cartoon using only circles, saying that a serious party of government doesn't join picket lines. No, of course. Of course they don't. Nothing says serious party of government than one that doesn't want to get the votes of absolutely anyone. Perhaps this is Labour's game plan, to be too sort of watered down with their Tory policies to get the Conservative votes, while also at the same time pissing off workers and indeed everyone else until the only support they have is from 13-year-olds who hate everyone and just want them to go away. If Labour, the party with historic links to workers and unions, doesn't want to support unions during the times of union action, then who exactly is it that they represent? Is their party colour red now just the shade we all go out of constant embarrassment for them? Labour leader and Henry Hoover's unpopular cousin, Keir Starmer, has been urging his cabinet to stop briefing the press that he's boring. But he is boring. He's the actual absence of anything interesting. Starmer's entire presence seems to serve only to boost the popularity of watching paint dry. What could be more boring than a refusal to propose any actual change at all through the nasal tones of someone who talks like they're doing an impression of a broken air conditioning unit? Labour's tactic seems to be not rocking any boats in even the slightest of waves, instead mooring them and cementing them firmly in the middle of the road, and then hoping the Tories implode and they can just get into power without having to do anything anyone actually wants. And then everyone will say, oh well they're not as bad as the last lot because the Tories did terrible things and this lot do absolutely nothing, which I suppose is better. Based on last week's by-election results, that tactic might actually work. The Conservatives lost the seat formerly held by a paedophile in Wakefield to Labour, while the seat formerly held by a tractor wanker in Tiverton and Honiton went to the Lib Dems. The latter was the biggest blow to the government as that seat has been Tory for all of time, on account of most of the residents being pretty much rural and therefore full of people who don't see many other humans and can get away with wishing most of them were dead. Labour said they were rebuilding the Red Wall with their win in Wakefield, so they'd better just hope the construction workers doing it don't campaign for better conditions or it'll get really awkward. The Lib Dems celebrated their victory by positioning a blue door with Simpsons-style writing on it, presumably because they are the party colour and also cartoons that do endlessly embarrassing things. The writing said it's time to show Boris the door and sadly that door led to nowhere, not even a room behind it for everyone to go and cringe in until they died. It's been more than 30 years since the government lost two by-elections in a day, so he's at least consistent of the Conservatives to be taking absolutely everything back to at least the 80s. 
Oliver Dowden, who if it turned out was a serial killer, would only get witness statements from neighbours saying, yeah, that makes sense, I thought so. He resigned from his position as party chairman, saying these were the latest in a run of poor results for the Conservatives and someone should take responsibility for the losses. I mean, not him though, which is why he quit before he had to do anything. And it's that sort of complete shirking of accountability that shows why he was the perfect Tory party chairman and they're really going to struggle to replace him with anyone quite as embracing of the government's ethos of absolutely pretending it's always someone else's fault. Dowden was meant to do the morning interviews after the by-elections but then resigned and no one else stepped as the party clearly had to work out how to sell that this wasn't as bad as it looked. One Tory talking point has been how, cumulatively, if you add up all their votes in Wakefield and Tiverton and Honiton, the Conservatives actually got more votes than Labour or the Lib Dems, and so that's what matters. But, you know, it only matters for last week's elections and not the last general election in 2019, where overall more people didn't vote Conservative, but that didn't count because that's not how that election worked. Keep up. There are enough Conservative voters in Wakefield and Tiverton and Honiton that were they all to hang out and form a new constituency and then all the other people there didn't choose to vote tactically for whichever party was likely to beat them and indeed if every other person there just vanished or died and all the ballot papers only had one option on it and it was Conservative, then indeed they would have won. So, you know, it's nowhere near as bad as it looks. The Attorney General and worst of the House Elves, Suella Braverman, and the Health Secretary and Sad Grape, Sajid Javid, were two of many Conservatives who accused Labour and the Liberal Democrats of having an illegal electoral pact, which wouldn't have been illegal, and isn't at all unlike the one the Conservatives had with the Lib Dems, or the DUP, or the Brexit Party. Basically, they just don't like it when no one joins their friendship group. No such electoral pact actually seems to exist between Labour and the Lib Dems, and it was just voters voting tactically, something that must be very confusing for the government, as that requires careful planning, rather than just doing something on a whim and blaming someone else when it doesn't happen. The Prime Minister was away in Rwanda last week, sadly not having been deported there for processing, despite being a criminal and born in another country. He responded to the losses by saying he would listen to the voters, but he will also keep going, which is the sort of reply that makes you realise why he has quite so many kids. Johnson had had a sinus operation earlier in the week, which he'd hope would mean he'd be able to smell the bullshit coming from his mouth even more clearly. Sadly, though, the blockage that he had of whatever substance it was seemed to just be taking up space his ego needed to expand into, and he insisted that he's actively thinking about a third term as Prime Minister into the 2030s, because what better way to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the Second World War than by exactly reenacting the rise of fascism that led to it in the years before? But will Johnson make it to the end of his first term? He definitely strikes me as someone who's had issues with being premature and finishing. One anonymous Tory MP, because they didn't give their name and not just because they blended to the amorphous grey blob on the backbenches, they said that Johnson was like a disease, which I assume means they'll keep ignoring him and tell everyone he's gone when he hasn't. The 1922 committee has had a new wave of letters of no confidence in the Prime Minister, demanding the rules be changed so there can be another vote, as current rules mean that there can't really be one for another year just yet. Still, it's very Tory to just keep changing the rules till they work for them, isn't it? There were rumours that some Conservative MPs were considering defecting to Labour, but these have been quashed, probably on account of it not counting as defecting if all you have to do is change your Twitter bio slightly, and absolutely none of your morals. To add to what is now an encyclopedic tome of awful shit Johnston's done, or at least tried to do, a story was broken last week that he had attempted to get a Tory donor to give him £150,000 to build a treehouse at Chequers for his 19th son, Wilf. But there were security concerns that it could be seen from the roadside, and so it was scrapped. £150,000 for a treehouse? I mean, why so much money? Was it because it had to be equipped with enough things for Wilf to be able to look after himself when Johnston forgot he was there and drove back to number 10 without him? And what on earth did the Tory donor want in return for the money? Because that specific donor landed quite a few government contracts after that, which meant it was clearly worth him branching into. 
A number 10 spokesperson wouldn't confirm or deny the story, saying it was a private or family matter. Except Chequers is public property, and a rich Tory donor may have got public contracts for it, so again, it's definitely public interest. Not least so we can all find out who to never order a treehouse from, as they clearly overprice it. Johnson is currently at the G7 in Germany because it's clear no one wants him around here, where he's been endlessly banging on about Ukraine as though he's actually doing anything about it. The British government have announced new sanctions on Russian exports, meaning all they have to rely on is Conservative Party investments instead. The British government are also loaning money to Ukraine, though obviously people there must understand that if they want money to live on, it'll probably cause inflation to happen in the past and they'll just have to accept that. Johnson only ever brings up Ukraine now whenever he's in trouble, and it must be great for all the people currently suffering under constant bombardment from Russia that they're not fighting for their country, but to keep an idiot in his job. On the same day the UK celebrated, ha, it being six years since the Brexit vote, the EU granted Ukraine the status of a candidate to join, but I suppose you have to do what you can to stop the British PM from visiting all the fucking time. As I'm recording this, MPs are voting on the second reading of the Northern Ireland Protocol. I'm guessing it will pass despite breaking international laws. When asked why she put forward a policy that does this, Foreign Secretary, unlike having a conversation with an emptying bath, Liz Truss, it was because she is a patriot. Well, I suppose that makes sense, in the way that someone might love something so much they'd rather kill it than let anyone else have it. In other news, the Chancellor Rishi Sunak, a.k.a. how AI might render a toothbrush getting ready for school, he has defended the likely pensions rise of 10% in line with inflation, saying that pensioners are among the most vulnerable in society. Yes, but that's normally because they're visiting to ask them to pay their rent. That is actually not fair, as 18% of pensioners in the UK are in poverty, but at least they don't have to work while not affording things, which must be nice. It does make sense that pensioners are given extra income, though, now doesn't it? Especially as they're now going to have to pay for their own social care, while also housing their children and grandchildren at the same time. Sajid Javid has announced that there could be further cuts to NHS funding as there's no quick cure for the A&E crisis, and that's proof right there that he shouldn't be health secretary. If you have a long-term condition, it's not helped by cuts. You wouldn't have a patient with a complicated chronic condition and then tell them there's no quick cure for this before slicing away at their thigh. Javid says pouring money into the NHS is unfair to young people, which is true, because if they had a functioning healthcare system, the chances they'd have to actually live through the bleak future are even higher. Justice Secretary Dominic Raab, a man who's definitely an early Skynet creation, has unveiled plans to override the Human Rights Act because he isn't one, so he doesn't need them. The Bill of Rights, so-called because it enables fascism, erodes most people's rights so the government become even more untouchable. No, I know no one wants to touch them anyway, and yes, unwanted touching is one of the major problems in Parliament right now, but that's not what I meant. And it will give them greater power to carry out human rights abuses. Rob, though, says it will just strengthen our UK tradition of freedom whilst injecting a healthy dose of common sense into the system, which I think translated means the only way we'll think we're in a democracy is if we're hooked on drugs and imagining we're almost anywhere else. It has been six years since the referendum vote for the UK to leave the EU and Brexit Opportunities Minister Jacob Rees-Mogg, who every night the rattlings call to return to the witch house, he's listed the main benefits of us leaving being an avoidance of a cost rise in fish fingers, presumably because they're a lot cheaper now, all the British fish are largely covered in piss and shit. The government have revealed they won't actually be doing an assessment about whether Brexit was a success or not, which is good, as it'd be time and money totally wasted when everyone around the country could tell you for free that it's fucked everything up. The Resolution Foundation think tank released their big Brexit report, which states that it is indeed making the cost of living crisis worse. Still, though, imagine if we hadn't left Europe and everyone had all those work opportunities in years to come. And then just who knows how much inflation would have been in 2015. 
In hateful rich testicles news, media mogul and proof that money can't stop your face collapsing in on itself as an attempt to save humanity, Rupert Murdoch is divorcing from his wife of six years, model and I wonder what she sees in billionaire Rupert Murdoch, Jerry Hall. I suppose he has made it clear that he hates unions. And other news hole and miserable forehead Paul Dacra, after failing to get the Ofcom chair job, is being given a peerage. No, not as a Sith Lord, though I bet he'd love wearing the black shirts. Instead, it's for the House of Lords, the very chamber his paper, the Daily Mail, have campaigned to get rid of several times, with one headline once calling it the House of Unelected Wreckers. Oh wait, that's why Dacra will fit in perfectly. And lastly, in America, the Supreme Court voted to overturn the landmark Roe v. Wade decision, meaning that currently in seven states and more to come, abortion is illegal because of fears that gunmen will run out of kids to shoot in the schools, and then who's going to keep the assault rifle sales going? Years of having radioactive melanoma Donald Trump as president is, ironically, still giving birth to shitty policies, upheld by extreme religious people who weren't even that bothered about abortion rights till the 70s, when they could realise they could use it to crowbar in a ton of other shit policies too. These policies will not only take away women's rights over their own body, but also threaten the lives of many, empower abusers and justify the recommissioning of The Handmaid's Tale, even though we all know it should have only been three seasons long. The Supreme Court are unelected, so the only way to change this is for individual states to refuse to implement them and have their own progressive policies, or for the US President and constantly deflating Charles Balloon, Joe Biden, to increase the amount of judges in the Supreme Court so there are an overwhelming amount of Democrats and they can actually win votes. But currently, there doesn't seem to be any interest in doing that, as the Democrats much prefer using the repealing of rights to crowdfund their election campaign while occasionally doing shit poems about it. It is very much looking like the US is now an ethno-Christian fascist nation, but on the plus side, maybe it's now time for some of those Middle Eastern countries to return the favour and invade them with the aim of bringing progressive politics and actual democracy to the people. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey. 
Hey, it's back. We're back. The pod's back. We're, who's we? It's just me. Um, all back after my one week away, which I'm not going to call a holiday because going away with a kid is not that, is it? Um, it is, to quote the very funny Pippa Evans, um, who was quoting a friend on Twitter. It is simply going away somewhere different for a week with a child. Yeah, that is all it was. Um, from the second we arrived on holiday, uh, all my daughter, sorry, agent, uh, all she did was complain, when are we going home? Until we got home, and then she complained why we weren't on holiday anymore. Oh, kids are brilliant. It was, however, amazing to be just somewhere else for a week. Uh, I managed to read four books, which is more than I've done in four years. So that was incredible. Oh, my goodness. It was lovely reading books. Um, And I mostly managed to avoid talking to anyone. So that was also a win. And uh, that was the last time we can go away outside of school holidays. It's probably the last time we'll ever go away. So I'm very pleased that we did manage it. Um, Big support and solidarity to everyone who was on strike last week with RMT and is on strike this week on the Criminal Bar and will likely be on strike uh, in in weeks to come. Um, Honestly, I think we should all just strike all at once and bring the country to a complete standstill for a day or two. Uh, It would be glorious. Can you imagine if just the whole country just stopped until uh, the Tories fucked off? Um, It would be like the Jubilee weekend, but without the unnecessary royal adulation, probably better street parties and hopefully, uh, you know, causing actual change. The only thing is, as a freelancer, I can't really strike as, well, no one would be able to tell. So I worry I'd ruin it or, or not really be allowed to take part. What happens if all the freelancers strike? Does anyone care? Does anyone even notice? If a freelancer strikes in the middle of the working day and there's no one around to read their sarcastic tweet about it, does anyone even know? I have... I have no idea. Um, what I do know is uh, big thanks. Um, can you know big thanks? I'm not sure. I know big thanks. And th- th- these big thanks that I know are for Freya, um, Loretta, Connell and Scott for the Kofi donations, which was super kind of you. Um, and of course, if you fancy lobbing me cash for, you know, um, not doing a show for a week, I think that's how it works. Um, then you can do a one-off donation at Kofi, uh, ko-fi.com forward slash parpolbro or join the patreon.com forward slash parpolbro for regular handings over of your cash to me. Um, Acast, the pod platform that this show gets ignored on, um, it now has a thing called Acast Plus. Um, which I isn't I don't know sometimes people add a plus when it's like just an hour later I don't think it means you get the podcast an hour later it's not like Disney plus it's not doesn't mean you get sort of feature length versions of this before anyone else um, it is just a thing that if I set it up um, if you wanted to you could pay a small monthly fee like one pound or something like that and you could get this show without any adverts on it would, would you want that is that worth it or does it just make yet another place to list in this already very boring weekly bit where I beg you for cash let me know your thoughts but you know only your thoughts on that matter not all the other grim shit you think about don't know about any of that stop it disgusting Oh, and uh, there will be an interview again next week and then hopefully more interviews after that. Of um, Sorry, there haven't been many, but I have been emailing all of the people. So you should get some proper-sized episodes of this show filled once again with clever people saying why we should despair about everything. Uh, all bookended with my shit gags trying not to despair about everything. Which, wow, another week where it was very hard to do that. Um, goodness, but wasn't it nice seeing so many acts at Glastonbury uh, basically call the Supreme Court dickheads? I loved that. Um, no, I wasn't there. I got to watch it on the telly uh, and using a proper move, uh, which made me very jealous of everyone actually there. But um, yeah, it was good. It was nice to see uh, politics being shouted at and uh, the BBC not being able to block them all out. Anyway, uh, for now, it's nice to be back. Uh, but all that is left on this episode is... <laughs> 
And that's it for this week's Partly Political Broadcast podcast. Moi appreciado to you and your ears for tuning in. And of course, if this is your cup of tea, firstly, have you tried actual tea though? Honestly, it does the job way better than this show. Um, secondly, thanks. And why not tell other humans to give it a swig from a mug? Perhaps donate to the Kofi or join the Patreon and maybe even give it a nice review on Apple Podcasts or similar pod home sites. Muchas gracias to Acast, my brother-in-law sceptic and Cat Day. And this will be back next week when Boris Johnson announces that if you add up all the time he wasn't doing something useless or corrupt, he's actually been really good at being Prime Minister. Several fact-checking sites do add up all that time and realise he's still wrong. Bye! This week's show was sponsored by Keir Starmer's Book of Exciting Tales, featuring That Time I Went to the Supermarket and They Didn't Have the Cheese I Like. Riveting tales of when he thought he saw someone he knew, but it turned out it was someone else entirely. And the time I nearly joined a picket line because I thought it was a cue to the toilet. Keir Starmer's Books of Exciting Tales, now available also as an audio sleep aid. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.